Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, June 29th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos eight, eleven, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Korah. Numbers 16, 41-50 On the next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. Now it happened when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron that they turned toward the tabernacle of meeting, and suddenly the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. Then Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of meeting, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. So Moses said to Aaron, Take a censer and put fire in it from the altar. Put incense on it and take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. Then Aaron took it as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the assembly, and already the plague had begun among the people. So he put in the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, so the plague was stopped. Now those who died in the plague were 14,700, besides those who died in the Korah incident. So Aaron returned to Moses at the door of the tabernacle of meeting, for the plague had stopped. 
2 Kings 15, 1 to 16, 20. In the 27th year of King Jehoram of Israel, Azariah, son of King Amatia of Yehudah, became king. He was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing to Hashem, just as his father Amatia had done. However, the shrines were not removed. The people continued to sacrifice and make offerings at the shrines. Hashem struck the king with a plague, and he was a leper until the day of his death. He lived in isolated quarters while Jotham, the king's son, was in charge of the palace and governed the people of the land. The other events of Azariah's reign and all his actions are recorded in the annals of the kings of Yehudah. Azariah slept with his fathers, and he was buried with his fathers in the city of David. His son Jotham succeeded him as king. In the thirty-eighth year of King Azariah of Yehudah, Zechariah, son of Jehoram, became king over Israel and Shomron for six months. He did what was displeasing to Hashem, as his fathers had done. He did not depart from the sins which Jehoram, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. Shalom, son of Jabesh, conspired against him, and struck him down before the people and killed him, and succeeded him as king. The other events of Zechariah's reign are recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. This was in accord with the word that Hashem had spoken to Jehu. Four generations of your descendants shall occupy the throne of Israel, and so it came about. Shalom, son of Jabesh, became king in the thirty-ninth year of King Uzziah of Yehudah, and he reigned in Shomron one month. Then Menachem, son of Gadi, set out from Tertzah and came to Shomron. He attacked Shalom, son of Jabesh, and Shomron and killed him, and he succeeded him as king. The other events of Shalom's reign and the conspiracy that he formed are recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. At that time, marching from Tertzah, Menachem subdued Tipshah and all who were in it and its territory, and because it did not surrender, he massacred its people and ripped open all its pregnant women. In the thirty-ninth year of King Azariah of Yehudah, Menachem, son of Gadi, became king over Israel in Shomron for ten years. He did what was displeasing to Hashem. Throughout his days he did not depart from the sins which Jehoram, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. King Pul of Assyria invaded the land, and Menachem gave Pul a thousand kikirim of silver, that he might support him and strengthen his hold on the kingdom. Menachem exacted the money from Israel. Every man of means had to pay fifty shekels of silver for the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria withdrew and did not remain in the land. The other events of Menachem's reign and all his actions are recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. Menachem slept with his fathers, and his son Pekiah succeeded him as king. In the fiftieth year of King Azariah of Yehudah, Pekiah, son of Menachem, became king over Israel in Shomron for two years. He did what was displeasing to Hashem. He did not depart from the sins which Jehoram, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit.
His aide, Pika, son of Remaliah, conspired against him and struck him down in the royal palace in Shomron. With him were fifty Giladites with men from Argob and Aria, and he killed him and succeeded him as king. The other events of Pekiah's reign and all his actions are recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. In the fifty-second year of King Azariah of Yehuda, Pekah, son of Remaliah, became king over Israel and Shomron for twenty years. He did what was displeasing to Hashem. He did not depart from the sins which Jehoram, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. In the days of King Pekah of Israel, King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria came and captured Ejon, Abel-Beth-Makkah, Janoah, Kedesh, Hazor, Gilad, Galilee, the entire region of Naphtali, and he deported the inhabitants to Assyria. Hosea, son of Ila, conspired against Pekah, son of Remaliah, attacked him and killed him. He succeeded him as king in the twentieth year of Jotham, son of Uzziah. The other events of Pekah's reign and all his actions are recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. In the second year of King Pekah, son of Ramaliah of Israel, Jotham, son of King Uzziah of Yehuda, became king. He was twenty-five years old when he became king, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, daughter of Zadok. He did what was pleasing to Hashem, just as his father Uzziah had done. However, the shrines were not removed. The people continued to sacrifice and make offerings at the shrines. It was he who built the upper gate of the house of Hashem. The other events of Jotham's reign and all his actions are recorded in the annals of the kings of Yehuda. In those days Hashem began to incite King Rezin of Aram and Pekah, son of Ramaliah, against Yehuda. Jotham slept with his fathers, and he was buried with his fathers in the city of his ancestor David. His son Achaz succeeded him as king. In the seventeenth year of Pekah, son of Ramaliah, Achaz, son of King Jotham of Yehuda, became king. Achaz was twenty years old when he became king, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. He did not do what was pleasing to Hashem, his God, as his ancestor David had done, but followed the ways of the kings of Israel. He even consigned his son to the fire in the abhorrent fashion of the nations which Hashem had dispossessed before the Israelites. He sacrificed and made offerings at the shrines on the hills and under every leafy tree. Then King Rezin of Aram and King Pekah, son of Ramaliah of Israel, advanced on Jerusalem for battle. They besieged Achaz, but could not overcome him. At that time, King Rezin of Aram recovered Elot for Aram. He drove out the Judites from Elot. And Edomites came to Elot and settled there, as is still the case. Achaz sent messengers to King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria to say, I am your servant and your son. Come and deliver me from the hands of the king of Aram and from the hands of the king of Israel, who are attacking me. Achaz took the gold and silver that were on hand in the house of Hashem and in the treasuries of the royal palace and sent them as a gift to the king of Assyria. 
The king of Assyria responded to his request. The king of Assyria marched against Damascus and captured it. He deported its inhabitants to Kerr and put Rezin to death. When King Achaz went to Damascus to greet King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria, he saw the altar in Damascus. King Achaz sent the Kohen Uriah a sketch of the altar and a detailed plan of its construction. The Kohen Uriah did just as King Achaz had instructed him from Damascus. The Kohen Uriah built the altar before King Achaz returned from Damascus. When the king returned from Damascus, and when the king saw the altar, the king drew near the altar, ascended it, and offered his burnt offering and meal offering. He poured his libation, and he dashed the blood of his offering of well-being against the altar. As for the bronze altar which had been before Hashem, he moved it from its place in front of the temple between the new altar and the house of Hashem and placed it on the north side of the new altar. And King Achaz commanded the Kohen Uriah, On the great altar you shall offer the morning burnt offering and the evening meal offering and the king's burnt offering and his meal offering with the burnt offerings of all the people of the land their meal offerings, and their libations. And against it you shall dash the blood of all the burnt offerings and all the blood of the sacrifices, and I will decide about the bronze altar. Uriah did just as King Achaz commanded. King Achaz cut off the insets, the the laver stands, and removed the lavers from them. He also removed the tank from the bronze oxen that supported it and set it on a stone pavement. On account of the king of Assyria, he also extended to the house of Hashem the Shabbat passage that had been built in the palace in the king's outer entrance. The other events of Achaz's reign and his actions are recorded in the annals of the kings of Yehudah. Achaz slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. His son Hezekiah succeeded him as king. Acts 19, 13-41 Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Yeshua, saying, We adjure you by Yeshua, whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and a chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Yeshua I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Yeshua was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds." Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it fifty thousand pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered to him. Timothy and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season.
And the same time there arose no small stir about that way, for a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain to the craftsmen, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation, and said, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, you see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. So that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised, and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worships. And when they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath, and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And the whole city was filled with confusion. And having caught Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater. And when Paul would have entered it unto the people, the disciples suffered him not. And certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent to him, desiring him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing, and some another, for the assembly was confused, and the more part knew not wherefore they were come together. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander beckoned with the hand, and would have made his defense to the people. But when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, You men of Ephesus, what man is there that knows not how that the city of the Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana, and of the image which fell down from Jupiter? Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, you ought to be quiet and to do nothing rashly. For you have brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of churches nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open and there are deputies. Let them implead one another." But if you inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. For we are in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar, there being no cause whereby we may give an account of this concourse. And when he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. Psalm 147, 1-20 Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is comely. The Lord does build up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. He tells the number of the stars. He calls them all by their names. Great is our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the meek. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp to our God, who covers the heaven with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow upon the mountains. He gives to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry. 
He delights not in the strength of the horse. He takes not pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. He makes peace in your borders and fills you with the finest of the wheat. He sends forth his commandment upon earth. His word runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters the hoarfrost like ashes. He casts forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He causes his wind to blow and the waters flow. He shows his word to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel. He has not dealt so with any nation, and as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. Proverbs 18, 4 and 5 The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters, and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. It is not good to accept the person of the wicked to overthrow the righteous in judgment. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from 2 Kings chapter 15 and 16, and then we're going to jump into Psalm 147. And in 2 Kings 15 and 16, we see a succession of kings, one after another after another. And a phrase that we hear over and over again in chapter 15, verse 9. We have King Azariah of Yehuda, and verse 9, he did what was displeasing to Hashem, as his fathers had done. He did not depart from the sins which Jehoram son of Nebat had caused Israel to commit. And again, continuing on further on into the chapter, uh, we'll look at verse 23. In the fiftieth year of King Azariah of Yehuda, Pekaiah son of Menachem became king over Israel and Shomron for two years. And here is the same familiar phrase. Verse 24. He did what was displeasing to Hashem. He did not depart from the sins which Jehoram son of Nebat had caused Israel to commit. And it just continues on in chapter 16, verse 2. Achaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. He did not do what was pleasing to Hashem his God, as his ancestor David had done, but he followed the ways of the kings of Israel. He even consigned his own son to the fire in the abhorrent fashion of the nations which Hashem had dispossessed before the Israelites. And as I was reading these two chapters, all of a sudden it was like my heart felt the pain of what God the Father must have been feeling as he watched this succession of kings that would take the people down the path of idolatry and rebellion and Baal worship, and sacrifice of children to Molech, little infants and babies, and how this must have pained the Father's heart. And I could relate to it. it. I resonated with it because I have three grown children, and many of you listening, you may have some grown children too. 
Um, and when you see any family member, whether it's a sister, a brother, a, ch- uh, a grown child or a grandchild who wanders away from the Lord, it just pains your heart. It grieves your heart. And you pray much for that one who has wandered. And so I could really feel and sense the pain that was in God the Father's heart as he watched and saw these kings going down an evil path. And so in verse backing up, In chapter 15, verse 29, In the days of King Pekah of Israel, King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria came and captured Ijon, Abel-Beth-Makkah, Genoah, Kedesh, Hazor, Gilead, Galilee, the entire region of Naphtali, and he deported the inhabitants to Assyria. Now that's just one verse, but that is a massively huge event with one broad stroke on the canvas. This is basically describing how the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north, were taken into captivity and sent into exile to go live in a foreign land, in the land of Assyria. And they never returned home. The southern kingdom was taken captive and went into exile to Babylon. And they were there for 70 years, and then after 70 years, a remnant of the Jews returned to Israel. And there's been a remnant of Jews living in Israel ever since. And Israel, as a nation, was reborn in May of 1948, after the Holocaust and after World War II. But the northern kingdom, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel, when they were taken into captivity from King Pekah uh, and King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria, and they were sent into exile, they've never returned. Instead, they've been scattered to all the nations of the earth. And we read today that actually connects with Psalm 147. In Psalm 147, we see that the Lord... In verse 2 and 3, it, it reads, The Lord does build up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. That is you and me, my friend. We are the outcasts of Israel. We are in exile. We are living in a foreign land. We are not home. We are foreigners. We are pilgrim, pilgrims. We are sojourners just passing through. Ultimately, our destination is Israel. And one day, Yeshua will rule and reign for 1,000 years from Jerusalem. And one day, when he returns in his second return, he's going to gather the outcasts of Israel and lead them on a journey home. Verse 3, he heals the broken in heart and he binds up their wounds. I love that. He's very tender and compassionate and merciful. And even though God the Father's heart was deeply pained with all of the wickedness and the evil and the wandering away into idolatry and rebellion, 
the father patiently waits for his children to return to him. Psalm 147, verse 11, The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. So we want to hope in his mercy. And he heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. Father, we thank you for your long-suffering. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you that you bind up those who are broken-hearted and crushed in spirit. We lean into your heart tonight. We lean into your mercy. We lean into your presence, and we thank you for your loving kindness, for your forgiveness, for your grace, and for how you heal broken hearts. We thank you that they that you are gathering the exiles of Israel from all the places where they have been scattered. Truly, Yeshua, you are that shepherd that is going to gather his sheep and bring them back. And no longer will there be two separate sheepfolds, but there will only be one sheepfold with one shepherd, one people. One land, one Torah, one God. We will be echad. We will be one. And we thank you for that, Father. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Yisa The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.